the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello, radio family. This is Dr. Derek Greer. Due to the COVID crisis, our already crazy schedules have shot through the roof. But in particular, please pray for pastors and church staffs as we navigate through this incredibly difficult season. You know, our government has pledged to graciously support many businesses in this crisis, but churches are, are largely on our own. And if we don't support God's voice in our communities, no one else will. So don't forget your local church. Lastly, I want to remind you that God has not given us a spirit of fear. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He loves you, and my Bible says he will keep you as the apple of his eye. There's nothing ahead of you that's bigger than the God that lives on the inside of you. In times like these, it's really vital that we keep our hearts full of God's Word. So if you want to hear faith-filled messages or get a copy of me reading through all the healing scriptures from Genesis to Revelation, go to gracechurchva.org for free downloads. I love you, and our only goal is to help keep you strong. God bless you. We are excited to announce the Live Big television broadcast is back on BET on Sundays at 7 a.m. There are a few other changes, so visit DerekGreer.com to view the full broadcast schedule and much more. You were made to think big, too big But tomorrow can be bigger Just grow let the world overflow, yeah. Live a life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness. Live a life bigger than yourself. You've tuned in to the Live Big Broadcast with Derek Greer, pastor of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. God's Word is powerful and full of life. It opens your eyes to how big God is and how big life in Him can be. We pray that today's teaching compels you to grow and live a life bigger than yourself. Download this message and more at gracechurchva.org. Here's Dr. Greer with today's Live Big Message. But still, Jesus had a support system. A few years ago, uh, the Lord clearly spoke to me. And I said, Lord, you know, I, I, I'm not able to, I know there's more that you want me to do and, and all the rest. I don't seem to be able to do it right now for some reason. It's just, I, don't know, I can't explain it, Lord, but I'm not able to, to break into exactly what you want for me. But the Lord spoke to my heart. He said, son, if, if I let you do what I ultimately want you to do, you're not going to be able to make it. I was like, what do you mean? I mean, you know, you created me for it, right? Um, whatever. You know, and, and I didn't really even know what it was. I just knew I wasn't there. And what he said to me was, son, you don't have a support system. And the reality is, the long-ranger mentality, that's not going to work. Um, f- when you step into certain levels of service for the Lord, there's tremendous pressure. And unless you have people around you to support you, I know you're wonderful, I know you're strong, but even Elijah had Elisha. Jesus sent them out two by two. And um, he, he was saying, you know, I'm going to get into my story a little bit too much, but the reality was I'm so busy trying to be a help and a hand that I had not intentionally developed folk around me that I wouldn't assess relationships based on, you know, are they adding to me at all? That wasn't my my thought process. 
But then I had to become a little bit wiser and say, you know what? In, in my inner circle, I, I have to have people that can support me. And I'm not just there for them, that they can also be there for me. And if I didn't do that, I wasn't going to be successful. Jesus, let's, let's watch Jesus a little more, more closely. It says, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply what? Troubled, distressed. Let me, let me tell you a little bit of, uh, you know, Arthur, uh, our worship leader, I don't see him here today, the ball guy in, in the middle. If you, in the <laughs> but people ask me, why are you and Arthur so close? And the truth is, me and Arthur don't spend a lot of time together socially. Um, Arthur, uh, he's not an elder, a trustee. I don't really meet with him much in church. He was the realtor. Well, he is the, the realtor for, for, the, for uh, the church, so we, we have worked together closely uh, in, in those types of things. But uh, it's like, why? why? It's strange. You know, I, I, I don't really um, get that. Years ago, when, when, when uh, we built that building over there, I was under extreme, extreme, extreme pressure. We were building our first building. Uh, we were having challenges with the cash flow. Um, There's all types of criticism, much of it petty, from leadership, uh, other leaders in, in the church. I know you just think we just have a wonderful life and everyone just agrees and nods. Uh-huh. Uh, I was challenged in actually being used in some professional relationships as well as some, some personal ones. A contractor was lying to us, and, and uh, at that time, some of the people that were helping us build would actually get, actually from the team on, on the church, were actually siding with the contractor against the church, which was really sideways. And, and if I ever called the contractor to task, you're not being a loving Christian, but they're supposed to just steal hundreds of thousands of dollars and be okay and but, you know, and that's somehow loving. But, you know, we, 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 we dealt with this. And, um, and as that happened, you know, we moved again. We were, after we moved into that building, you, you know the story, we dwindled down to about 30 people and $1.5 million project and all that. So uh, it looked like I was about to lose my house. Um, certainly we were going to lose the church because I attached some of the, the funding, keeping the church alive to my, my house. I, I got an extent, um, uh, I, I, uh, a line of credit, and, and that's part of the way we did it. I, I went to, to sleep. I'd have shooting pain down my neck. I mean, you know what that, that, you know, yeah. My back hurt. Um, uh, my, my chest would hurt. Um, I'd go to sleep nauseated sometimes, wake up feeling dizzy. And in those moments, and it, there wasn't a lot of talk where, you know, where, where Arthur and I would talk a lot about different things. But one time, one day, I really just, I and uh, I didn't cuss at him or nothing, but I told him exactly what I was thinking. And it really wasn't bad or wrong, honestly, but the fact was he didn't judge me. He encouraged me. For someone in my position, that's very rare. Everybody else, y'all can't do that. What you trying to do? You don't have enough money. You can't. Who do you da 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 in the middle of that situation when it was obvious that I was, you know, I was started scratching my head saying, Lord, maybe I am crazy and, and, and all the rest. Um, he stayed with me, with me. You can't forget such things. And there's a bond, particularly those of you that police officers, people that have been to war, there's a bond that comes when you walk through such situations with people. 
But when you walk with people, when you go through those types of moments, that there are bonds that, that, that happen, uh, particularly when people don't twist it and use it and leverage it against you. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? And here, I want you to understand what's happening here. Jesus had preached about all types of things. He's a powerful, wonderful man to the disciples. He had, uh, you know, talked about, it's my good privilege to give you the kingdom and all types of things he had said. But here, their, their hero, the guy that was challenging the nation and, and, and just doing phenomenal things, it says here, he began to be sorrowful. Let me read it right. And troubled. My, my, the the King, New King James says, deeply distressed. When you can see that side of your leader, and still respect him, you are a special and a rare person. Jesus was 100% God, but he was 100% man. And they looked at him in his humanity, and they saw him hurting. You know, actually, if you watch Jesus, he, throughout his ministry, he handles stuff so well. But suddenly, people could be like, oh, you see, all along, I thought you acting all tough stuff. Yeah, that's who you really are. They could have did that but they didn't. And here, Jesus is under tremendous, tremendous pressure. And let, let me keep reading here, and I'll say a little bit more. Then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. So number three, pay attention, Jesus was honest. He wasn't trying to be super saint. He, he wasn't trying to be anything he was not. He was honest. And he said these things within earshot of the disciples. That's why they were able to record it. So he was honest and transparent with God and his disciples learned from it as well. So when you're under pressure, don't at least with your inner circle, don't try to pretend that it's not what it is. God gave Jesus a support system because he's human. And then his job was also to use that support system. And Jesus did. Watch what he says here. He says, stay here and watch with me. The first time I've ever heard Jesus sound needy. There's a pathos there. There's a cry. Guys, I'm in trouble. That, okay. He didn't say, you know, we say, you know what, my foot is killing me. And we don't mean it. When Jesus said, my soul is sorrowful to the point of death. It was not a light thing. He was saying, I am falling apart. He began to sweat droplets of blood. I mean, it almost felt like his mind was squeezing out of his brain. That's what was going on with the master. And he was 100% human enduring the pressure of the cross. And he fully understood everything was going to happen before it happened. In fact, in his mind, it kind of happened before it happened. That's why the blood, because he's, he's not only smart, he's, he's the son of God. He knew it. He wasn't surprised by the pain. He knew it was coming. So he experienced it all before it happened, and he's standing there as a man dealing with it. He said, guys, stay here, what, and watch with me. Jesus only spoke the will of God, right? So it was obviously, it was part of God's design for these men to support him. He didn't ask them to do something it wasn't God's will to do. So Jesus was humble enough, once again, to tap into his support system. 
Um, but, but you know, sometimes we get so busy trying to get ours, we overlook people that are our friends. And when you find a good friend, it's rare and it's precious. You need to value that. And again, we're ripping and running trying to do all this thing, and sometimes we miss some of the most precious gifts in life. He said, guys, stay here and watch with me. Then it says in 39, he went a little further. So, so don't settle for form when it comes to prayer. Well, I prayed my 10 minutes, or okay, I bowed down, and, and God, are you pleased yet? He pushed until he got results. And these results were obviously on the inside of Jesus. The Bible does say in the book of John that angels came and strengthened him. So that, that might have also been part of the result of his, his prayer time. Uh, and, and I believe that the presence of God on those angels uh, came on him. Why did God have to send angels? Probably because, in my opinion, God probably had already kind of turned his back and said, well, Jesus, you know what? You're taking on the sin of the world, and I'm going to back away. And the only one that didn't get close to him were angels, not God, for the first time in, in all of eternity. Um, but but you, you could say that happened later. Uh, but, but the point is, uh, the angels did come and minister, but he had to go a little bit further, and he fell on his what? Face and what? Prayed. So when you're under intense prayer, uh, under intense pressure, you got to pray until you get your breakthrough. Jesus prayed once, but then he prayed twice. We're going to find he prayed three times. So sometimes if, you know, if it took Jesus a couple approaches to get this thing resolved in his, in his heart, it might take you and I a few approaches. It might take, you know, I'm not, don't, uh, you know, just spread it out to spread it out for, you know, just, just to be long. But sometimes, I'll be honest, sometimes it takes a couple weeks to hear God. I know something, I'll just, it's kind of like the, the Holy Spirit, He speaks. Sometimes He just speaks and you hear clearly His voice. Other times He speaks to your mind. Um, other times, but most times, it's annoying. You just know something. You can't explain it. The Holy Spirit knows. He's inside your spirit, and he somehow communicates through fellowship with your spirit, and you know. And sometimes I just know something's not right there. Just something. Maybe that's just something. I don't, I don't understand why, but that's just not a good idea. And sometimes it takes me a couple weeks. Sometimes it takes me so long because I'm so busy, by the way. Um, and it'd be shorter, though, if I, if I devoted still a little bit more time uh, to God in prayer. But... Um, you know, I know in my spirit, something's not, ah, but I have to get before God, quiet down, um, let go of things. Sometimes I take my dog for a walk. I could do a zillion different things. Say, Lord, what is it you're trying to say? And, and, and I learned also to be quiet and, and to listen sometimes more than, than talk. Other times he does want us to talk. Uh, and Jesus did do some talking here. Um, but we see that he went a little further and he also went a little deeper. He fell on his face. So it didn't say initially he, he was on his knees, but that's my assumption. But he, Jews often did play, pray standing, though. Um, but nonetheless, he finds himself on his face. Now, that means it was intense. He's like, God, I need you in this moment. When you're under pressure, you need God, and you need him big. And then he said, oh, my father. Now, when you're under pressure, it's easy to say, well, God, why are you doing this to me? And you can make God the enemy, not Jesus. When he was under pressure, he called him father. He said, God, I know you love me like a father. God, you are not trying to hurt me. You're not trying to harm me. You are my daddy, 
Father. Even from the cross, he said, Father. Actually, he does say, my God, my God. But another time he does say, uh, Father, uh, why hast thou forsaken me? Uh, and some would say that was the moment that God had turned his back on I, But I, we're not going to get into all that. The, the short of it is, um, he called him Father under pressure. When you're under pressure, it's not enough just to know a distant God. He has to be near like a daddy. He has to be like a father that, that you know, is, is only as far as maybe the bedroom down the hall. Do you understand what I'm saying? But really with us, he's never even that far away because he's on the inside of us. But when you're under pressure, you got to know that he loves you like his child, that you belong to him, that you're his property, and he's for you. You look like him. You, you, you're, you're, you, he, you know, I've said before that having a child is like pulling out your heart and putting legs on it, and, and that's what we are to God. We are God's heart ripped out of his chest with little legs, and he loves us that way. And Jesus knew that. He approached him as my father. Daddy, when you're under pressure, remember God loves you, God is for you, and you understand what I'm saying? And this is how Jesus withstood pressure. But sometimes when I've been under pressure, I started, God, you know, you what's you did it again. God, you ain't never done. I I I when when I when I did that, the the, the grace that, that could have been God loved me anyway and tried to bless me anyway, but I began to block some of uh uh the fellowship that I could have had with the Father by pushing my arm out like that, um, that, 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 again, I could have had, but, but I didn't because I made God my enemy. He said, oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Number four, Jesus was not spooky, as I hinted at earlier. He was sensible. He'd look for options. He was still, he, he, you know, Lord, if there's any other way, I'm wide open. Lord, I'm flexible. Any other way. So he, he didn't, we're going to get to this, he wasn't just some martyr somewhere, just going to, to just morbidly die, and I'm just a dying guy. No, God, if there's any other way. And this is the way he talked to the Father. So sometimes when God says something to you, if Jesus, who is the Word of God, took the approach, God, if there's any other way, sometimes when God speaks to us, guess what we should say? Is there any other way? <laughs> Because sometimes there is, or he wouldn't have asked that question. He said, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Watch the, the next clause here. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you what will. This is probably the most important piece. Number five, Jesus surrendered his life. This is why at this point in my Development. I think the devil's nervous about putting me under too much pressure. Because what happens when I get under pressure, I've learned to do this. I began to put all my loose ends back on the altar. I start rededicating my life and every, Lord, you find anything in me? Is there any issue? I start dealing with every little time, any hair out of plate, Lord, anything. I begin to deal with it all to anything unsurrendered, any, and I, I give my life back. And I've learned to do that. And it's really one of the most powerful things you can do in crisis to give yourself back to God. And, and it, it's almost like I act like I backslid. Even if I was living perfectly right up there, I'm like, Lord, show me my sins. Show me my fault, Lord. You understand? And, and I give myself back to God in the middle of the crisis. And you got to really learn to do that. Now, Jesus never sinned and never went astray. So it wasn't like he had to rededicate his life to Christ. But put me under no, enough pressure, I am rededicating. And I, you know, I, I'll say the sinner's prayer again if I have to. 
because the, the only way, particularly when you're dealing with that type of pressure, that I could be 100% sure that God's will is going to be done is if, uh, listen, you can take this wrong. I don't put all that pressure on myself that I have to do everything perfect, but everything within my power. I want to make sure that I'm doing, that it's not getting you in your way, Lord, that, that you know what, whatever you want to do in the situation, there's nothing about me that, that, that's blocking you. So nevertheless, he says, not as I will, surrender. Now again, he is as much God as the Father, but he still surrendered to the Father. And I use this scripture often when we talk about marriage, and people say it's chauvinistic for the man to be called in scripture the head of the house. No, if you read the Bible, Jesus is as much God as the Father, but he submits to the Father. It doesn't mean the Father is, is, is uh, uh, of more value than Jesus. It just means that they have roles in the Godhead, and everyone functions in their role. Does that make sense to you? So as, as a woman, you know less than a man. Uh, the Bible says in, in Peter that you are, 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 are joint heirs with your husband, or co-heirs with him. Um, and in the spirit, there's neither male nor female. You, you don't have to have a masculine voice to bind a demon and, 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 and to believe God for something. It, it's not required. But just in the family, you can't have two CEOs. So God said, ultimately, I'm putting most of the responsibility on the man. So if y'all have a divorce, guess who he's looking at? The man more than the woman. If, if things aren't going right in a marriage, I know we look at the woman often. This woman you gave me, it's really the guy. When you get before God, it's the man that's going to answer mostly because he was the one in authority. You're not liking what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> but he's going to answer for what, what, what happened. You know, it's tell truth, saying to the devil, right? He said, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. 40. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. With friends like these, did Jesus really need enemies? Sometimes it's like that. And he said to Peter, what? Could you not watch with me for one hour? Now, Peter, you're supposed to be my boy. I mean, you, you were the guy, the only guy of all of them that understood that uh, I was the son of God and, and, and you the one that caught the revelation. Man, every secret meeting I went into, you know, whether it was to raise uh, the little girl that died, man, I took you, I took John, and I took James. Man, you and my inner circle, dude. How could you, you know... Uh, you know, you understand? <laughs> I said, Peter, what, why, couldn't you just watch with me for an hour? See, if you're going to lead, you can't fall apart when people let you down. You can't. If you're going to parent. You can't fall apart when the kid doesn't do everything you thought the kid should do. Not only in leadership will people let you down, I'll be honest, you're going to let yourself down. There were some responses I had. I was like, where did that come from? I thought I was different. I thought I was more than that. And I said, hmm. And again, under pressure situations, all types of things happen. But Jesus did not fall apart because his men did. And that's really important to see. Then he said, verse 41, watch and pray. He didn't say, he didn't say, he, he did state, listen, can't y'all pray with me for it, but he didn't stay there. I'm talking about, y'all always ain't doing nothing right for me. And when it come my time, you know, and, and all your time, your, 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 your mother-in-law was sick. I, I healed her, didn't I, Peter? And, and I did this. You, you had to pay your taxes, and then I get, called you to caught the fish, and, and I did all that for you, Peter. And I laid hands on you, and you went out there and laid hands on people, and they got well and, and all that stuff, and, and all that came from me. Peter, Peter, how dare you? He didn't do that. 
he addressed the situation and he said, watch and pray lest you. He was concerned about them. Number six, Jesus did not make it all about himself. Lots of people get into little pressure. It's all about me. You don't know what I'm going through. It's all about me. You know what? I probably know what you're going through. And even if I don't, so what? God knows what you're going through. You are listening to the Live Big Broadcast with Dr. Derek Greer. We pray that you are inspired to think big, do big, and live big. Our goal is to compel you to live in a way that overflows and blesses those around you. Find out more about this broadcast, Grace Church, and Dr. Greer at gracechurchva.org. Dr. Greer and his wife, Pastor Yermutu, invite you to meet them at Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia for vibrant worship, Bible teaching, and fellowship each Sunday and Wednesday. Click gracechurchva.org for service times, directions, and much more. Again, that's gracechurchva.org. This has been Live Big with Dr. Derek Greer. Watch the Live Big broadcast Monday through Friday and every Sunday. Check your local TV listings or visit gracechurchva.org for the broadcast schedule. That's all the time we have, but until next time, remember, you have what it takes in Christ to live big. There's a lot going on surrounding the coronavirus, and and while we should be cautious and use wisdom, we must fight against living in fear. In times of crisis, you know, stress can wreak havoc in our minds and bodies if we let it. Don't get me wrong, fear is a natural emotion, but through God's word, we have power to overcome it. 1 Peter 5 and 7 teaches us to give all our worries and cares to him because he cares for us. 2 Timothy 1 and 7 reminds us that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Sometimes there's nothing you can do to control your situation, but in times like this, we look to what God has put in us to overcome what's around us. And I want to encourage you to build your faith and find peace in God's Word. Go to gracechurchva.org to listen to my latest series titled, No Fear. Also, get a copy of me reading all of the healing scriptures in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation as a free download. I love you, I'm praying for you, and we will get through this together.